Well, hey everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 206, a little Appalachian Trail advice. On this episode, we share a little Appalachian Trail advice as thousands of potential thru-hikers make their long journey on the AT this year in 2022. We also discuss Altai Hawks, a hybrid snowshoe that we gear tested in Yellowstone this winter, and if it's better than traditional snowshoes for winter backpacking, you can always join in on our discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and join our podcast family. Come hang out with us and become a part of our community. By the way, if you are planning a last minute winter backpacking trip or day hike, whether it's in Yellowstone or anywhere else this year, you can use Gaia GPS. Plan your next off-grid expedition with the Gaia GPS desktop or iOS app route planner. You can find a link to become a member on TrustTheTrailPodcast.com, episode 206. Just click on the banner. Just for our Trust the Trail listeners, you get the first year for only $31.99. Normally, it's $40. Bucks. With the Gaia GPS app, or desktop, you can plan your routes. You can use it offline as a way of GPS. You can print custom maps. You have access to hundreds and hundreds of different trails in their map catalog. You can layer multiple maps together. It It's an awesome tool. It's an awesome app. We use it at no cost to you. Gaia GPS does offer us a commission for each new member that joins. No biggie. We've already created several maps. It's really super easy to use. And quite frankly, I think anybody that goes out that is new to hiking or new to backpacking, I think Gaia GPS is something that you should carry in your arsenal. So uh, also... Check out our new YouTube channel where we have a two-part series on cold weather backpacking for all you 2022 AT through hikers. Do not get rid of your winter gear until you get through the Smoky Mountains, probably the latter part of May. Uh, so that two-part series is on our YouTube channel. You can check out individual shows on our YouTube channel or individual audio on our Patreon page, Trust the Trail. So we are back. This evening, we're going to start doing our 8 p.m. Uh, audio chat with our Facebook group members. This is a live audio chat. No topic is off limits. It's your chance to voice an opinion about the outdoors instead of just posting about it. So you can chat, chime in, have a question, talk about a concern, raise a topic. It's your live audio show. So we want to kind of start off by saying a couple things. One, I am back in Montana. I'm back in Yellowstone National Park with Ariane. So Ariane is, um, she's, she, we are back together. Uh, not that we were ever like apart apart, but we are here uh, in Yellowstone where Ariane has been all winter. If you've listened to any of our live audio shows or if you've been with us on our live audio show, Ariane has really done a great uh, 
gosh, I mean, just a great conversation, a great chat about being up here in winter in Yellowstone. Um, so it's been fascinating. I've been up here for about two weeks. And I've got to tell you, it is just amazing. It is it 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 is so beautiful. The month of March has been like the tale of two seasons. I got here. Um, I mean, they had like you know five six feet of snow, snow everywhere. It was a snowstorm. I, I got here with no problem, um, and just enjoyed this full heart of winter in in Montana in Yellowstone. A week later, it's spring. It's it's been hovering around forty degrees during the day. I will bet you about two feet of snow has already melted, and we're starting to see the grass. But here's the cool thing: the wildlife is so abundant right now. It it's crazy. We had uh, just in this last week, we saw um, a bison that had been used for lunch or dinner. Not really sure, but the wolves got to the bison. We saw four bald eagles, four bald eagles on top of this bison carcass, eating it. Not to mention we've seen uh, wolves. Not to mention we've seen um, a coyote. We call him Limpy. Limpy the coyote because we saw him last year and his back leg was uh, hurt and he's been limping. But this year he's learned a new trick. He actually stops in the middle of the road so you can take his photograph and hopefully throw out food. But we do not throw out food to the wildlife out here. So if you see Limpy in Yellowstone this year, just don't let him sucker you in to uh, throwing anything out your uh, car window. That is a big no-no. We had like this huge bison run uh, that came over the Yellowstone River Bridge. And I mean, it was a... it. I won't say it was a stampede. Some people might call it a stampede. We know better. It wasn't, it was just a regular day in Yellowstone, but uh, there were hundreds of them, hundreds. Uh, and they came right and we were on the bridge and they came out and we were nowhere to go. And, um, you know, it was, it was fascinating. They, you know, like they're 10 feet away from the car. So, uh, it's always a good idea to stay in the car in Yellowstone, <laughs> for sure. You never want to get out of your car out here, folks. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, it's been a great, it's been a great couple of weeks. So, um, we we kind of want to start off the show by really wishing all of the Appalachian Trail through hikers of 2022 lots of success as they embark on their journey, and we also want to give a little. A little advice. Um, as you know, Ariane and I used to teach um, Appalachian Trail through hike prep. Um, we taught uh, it, we taught it in Mountain Crossings. That's Neil Gap on the Appalachian Trail, and um, so we used to kind of teach the psychology of that. And so I thought it was important that we share some advice. Um, if you're a through hiker and you happen to be able to listen to this show, um, we wish you the best, best of luck. Um, and we hope you get everything out of your hike that you were expecting to get out of it. You're probably going to get a lot more that you didn't expect for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely wanted to, to, to say, um, um, just have a great hike and hike your hike, hike your own hike. Uh, don't worry about anything else. So um, we thought I just kind of 
a few things that always touch my heart and always um, it's always in the the forefront of my mind when I I listen to a potential through hiker um, and I read and go through some of the posts um, on some of the Facebook groups for the Appalachian Trail um, and and I think it's important that um, I think it's important th- that we keep these reminders in perspective and because we can get so lost on this. So here are a couple of things that I, I, I kind of wanted to have a voice on and, and, and talk about. Uh, the first thing I, I, the first thing I would say is that it's not a race. It's, it's a hike. And uh, as Bill Bryson uh, said, it's a walk in the woods. That's all it is. It's not a race. You don't have to beat people to a shelter you don't have to beat people to wherever your uh, your destination is going to be, whether it's uh, north in Katahdin or whether it's south on Springer Mountain, whether you flip-flop. It does, it's not a race. Take your time. Um, nobody is chasing you. Um, so it, you don't need to get frantic about your pace. If, if I had a dollar for every single backpacker I've ever taken out um, for the first time and they told me, well, I'm a slow hiker. I don't want to hold anybody back. I'd be a millionaire. It's not a race. Who cares? If you're a slow hiker, fast hiker, who cares? No one cares. Hike your own hike. That would be my first piece of advice. The second piece, soak in the moments, man. Just soak in all the little tiny moments. It's going to be those little tiny moments that you're going to remember the most. You know, someone cracking a joke that you think is funny, sitting around a campfire, if you even have a campfire, um, you know, um, that that whatever kind of bug that you don't recognize is in your tent or in your sleeping bag or you have mice encounters or whatever that is or or you know 20 people crammed into an eight person shelter when it's uh, thunderstorming out or raining or snowing soak in those moments those moments are precious those are the moments that you're going to remember and you're going to tell those stories over and over again you're not going to tell <clears throat> stories about how hard that hill or that mountain was to hike up and over. You're not going to tell the stories about all the ups and downs you did. You're not going to tell the stories about, you know, your blisters. You're going to tell the stories that matter the most with the people or the moments that make up your experience. So soak in the moments. Be grateful. That's the one thing that will, that I would tell any through hiker um, no matter where they're hiking um, or long distance or long distance hike, really, but the Appalachian Trail in particular, be grateful. And these are the things you're going to have to be grateful for. You're going to have to be grateful for the cold, for the rain, for the heat, and probably the rash that you're going to get. Why? Being grateful is the key to success, that and maintaining your feet. Because your feet are are pretty important when hiking the Appalachian Trail. 
But being grateful is the key to your success. Why? It's because gratefulness instills why you're there, why you're on the trail. It's easy to forget why you're hiking the Appalachian Trail. You chose it. You you, you said out loud, I'm going to hike the AT. You said it. You planned it. You posted it. And now you're there. It's easy to forget. And so being grateful for all the things that make you feel uncomfortable. Because this might be the only time in your life that you are doing something bigger than yourself. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. So be grateful for all those moments and and all the things that really push your buttons, like getting out of your tent or getting out of your sleeping bag when it's cold. Be grateful for that because why? Why? Why why are you going to be grateful for for mud and snow and and sleet and ice and and heat and and, and, and mosquitoes and bugs and and stink? Why, Why would you be grateful for that? Because what's the alternative? Where are you going to go? You're going to go back to work? You're going to go back to the life that you were in when you made the decision to go hike the Appalachian Trail? You're going to go back to that life? You're going to go back to bad news? You know, all the you know the crap that's going on in this, in this world, that's what you're going to go back to? So be grateful that you are experiencing the cold, the sleet, the rain, the bugs, the mud, be grateful because you're there. Those these moments, you know, they, they're not going to repeat themselves unless you're going to hike the Appalachian Trail every year. Really, you know, you know, possibly suction hiking, yes, but you know, but that's why you're here. Be grateful for for that experience. It's that experience which, after you go through it, is going to build the self confidence, the self esteem. And all the things that backpacking teaches you about life. So be grateful for for those. It's the key to success. It really is. Um, The other thing I would say, too, is that you're not hiking away from your problems. Your issues and problems are coming with you. You're not leaving them at home. You're not leaving them in the car. It's your chance to reflect and be honest to yourself about yourself. This is this is your moment to to because you know what it, it's easy when you're hiking by yourself and you're just trekking along. There's no one else by you. I mean, even if you're hiking with a partner, um, and even when Ariana and I go backpacking together, there's oftentimes we're we're kind of in our zone hiking by ourselves. This is the time to say, okay, you know, I came out here to do what? To hike? Yes. To enjoy nature? Yes. To do something bigger than myself? Yes. Why? And this is your chance to reflect. And this is a perfect time to be honest to yourself, about yourself. If you are thinking you're going to, you're backpacking the AT to get rid of your problems or issues. Um, So take that opportunity. The other thing is be unafraid. Be unafraid. Embrace the suck and face your fears with the concept of this. 
You are exactly where you are supposed to be right now in your life on the trail. Whatever that moment is, whatever you're experiencing, whatever that that issue is, whatever that moment, whether it's a beautiful sunset, whether it's fog and rain in the Smokies, whether it's whatever, climbing through Pennsylvania, you know, um, you know, getting carried away by black flies in June, whatever that case is, whatever has happened in your life in the past doesn't make any difference. It, that's the past is the past. Where you are right now is exactly where you're supposed to be. So take advantage of it. Be unafraid. You're supposed to be there. Everything that's led you in your life, all the suck, all the hurt, all the pain, all the good times, all the bad times, everything's led you to your hike right now on the trail. So be unafraid. If it's gotten you here, if life has gotten you to where you wanted to be, how much more will the trail give you? And how much more will everything work to your advantage to get you to where you need to go? So trust it. Trust where you're trust where you are. Uh, the other thing too is, um, and you know, the, the, the gear, um, that you brought with you, um, whether, whether you started in, um, you know, Amicalola or you, or you're flip-flopping, um, the gear is going to take care of itself. Don't worry about your gear. That's going to take care of yourself. The most important piece of gear you are carrying right now on the Appalachian Trail is your attitude and your perspective. It's your attitude. It's not your backpack. It's not your. It's not all these gear manufacturers who are telling you that's the best. It's not the dozens of articles that you've read prior to your hike saying it's the best, 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 best. It's your attitude, because your attitude is ultimately going to get you through difficult times, and it's your perspective again about being grateful that's going to say, you know what? It's rained for uh, ten days now. I'd like to dry out. If you have a bad attitude about rain, you're probably not going to make the trail. You're probably going to quit at some point in time. So it's your attitude that's the most important piece of gear that you'll carry and a really good pair of hiking shoes, <laughs> whether it's shoes, boots, <laughs> tennis shoes, I don't really care what it is. You know, those uh, that's pretty important also. So, um, you know, that's your most important piece of gear is your attitude. Um, and finally, uh Hike the trail for no other reason other than for you. You have to hike the trail for you. You can't hike it because of it's because of cause. You can't hike the trail because you want to lose weight. You can't hike the trail for any other reason other than for you. Because at the end of the day, it's going to be you looking back at you in the mirror. And you're either going to say, I did it. You're going to say, I did my best. But you got to give it your best. You got to hike the trail for you. It doesn't make any difference if you make the whole trail or not. That's not really ever the point. Um, and for people that say it is, they don't they don't get it. the The reason you're out there is because you're out there, and for whatever reason that is, and for what however that came to be, you got to do it for you. You have to do it for you. So. Um, that's a little bit, uh, and don't do it because you're trying to break a record, you know, don't do it because, you know, it, it, you know, it doesn't make any difference. No one cares, you know, you know, just, you just do it for you. Don't do it for Instagram. Don't do it for Facebook. Don't, don't do it for anything else but you. And 
and you alone. Um, so that is some, uh, that's a little advice that, um, you know, we share when we taught our Appalachian Trail um, prep class. Those were a lot of the things that we we talked about and we we went through. It's really at the end of the day, it um, it's pretty mental out there, folks. It's pretty mental. Your physical and your gear, they'll take care of themselves. But it's that mental, it's that mental gig that um, pushes people off the trail or it keeps people back on the trail. So um, so last week, Ariane and I went snowshoeing. And I mean, like I, like I said, it, we had a ton of snow here in Yellowstone. And so we kind of took that opportunity. It was a nice day. And we went snowshoeing in Lamar Valley, which is absolutely one of the most beautiful valleys here in Yellowstone. We got to gear test a hybrid snowshoe called Hawks. And the uh, it's actually Altai Hawks. And it's kind of a hybrid between a snowshoe and a ski. And they've been around for a while. They're not a new product by any stretch of the imagination. They've been around since, I think, around 2014, maybe. Um, they come from Canada. And it, they're, they're quite a unique type of product. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, maybe why you should get them, maybe why not you should get them. Are they better than a snowshoe? What's the difference between a snowshoe and these um, Altai Hawks? So, um, so when we, we went out there and gear tested this, Ariane wore the, the Hawks. Um, it, uh, it's very similar to snowshoeing, very similar. But it's easier and it takes less energy. Um, they're also known, Hawk skis are also known as ski shoes. They're designed for sliding, so you don't pick up your feet. You 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 kind of glide like cross-country skiing, but they're not cross-country skis. A little bit fatter and a little bit shorter. You don't need to pick up your feet. It basically involves hybrid skis instead of traditional skis that were invented, by the way, by Asian hunters long ago. Um, Hawk is a word popularly spoken by the natives of Tuva, which means skis. Tuvans use special skis known as hawk skis or ski shoes in the, guess where, Altai mountain region for skiing. The practice of skiing is originally called hawk skiing and more recently ski shoeing. So that's kind of like where the origin came from. So they're not a new product. They're maybe being rebranded as a new product, as like a new and improved gig, because the outdoor industry loves to do that. They love taking old um, stuff and rebranding it. Um, and and so they're, they're really cool. So we used them, and I was amazed. I was amazed on how effortlessly Ariane was using these um, these hawks. And she's just gliding along, man. And I'm in snowshoes. And, you know, I mean, you know, for people that have gone snowshoeing before, cross-country skiing, doesn't make any difference, particularly snowshoeing, though. You know that, man, you, you're, you're burning some calories. You're, it's a good workout. And, you know, and if you don't have the right type of snowshoe, uh, you know, you're still going to sink. But um, in this case, Ariana was, like, gliding through. I mean, she's booking it. And so we were pretty impressed. Uh, we were 
we were pretty impressed. She bought a pair. And so she's been traversing, you know, in and out of some of the areas of Yellowstone for the, the whole winter. So, um, so basically, it's a mix of both snowshoeing and cross-country skiing. That's why it's, they, they call it kind of a hybrid snowshoe. It's a mix between snowshoeing and cross-country skiing. So right there, you, you, you know, if you've snowshoed before and you're into winter hiking, backpacking, you probably already know what I'm about to say about when to use these things um, and what they're good for. But um, I'll, I'll share with it. I'll share with you as I as I move along. Ski shoeing comes midway between cross country skiing and snowshoeing in terms of speed. Okay, so the one thing about snowshoeing I can tell you is that you're not moving. You're not moving fast, and you're definitely not gonna run from anything in snowshoes. It's kind of like flopping around. You know, you're just not gonna. You're just not gonna go pretty quick, but. Um, in in terms of speed, uh, these these hawks are pretty cool. Uh, it is much faster as compared to snowshoeing, as I just said. You don't have to lift or pick up your feet from the pile of snow each time you walk, which is a huge advantage of these of of these type of snowshoes of of hawks. Um, you can rather push or slide in the snow, uh, but it does have some limitations. So I'm going to talk a little bit about when to use snowshoes or these Altai Hawks. And I'm going to put a link on our, uh, our post so you can kind of take a look at it. They have a lot of demonstration videos. Um, and again, they are not uh, sold in the United States. They are sold in Canada. And I'll put a link on there too. Um, but when to use snowshoes, when to use these Hawks. Um, and, and what we gear tested and what we found out uh, while we were uh, playing in Yellowstone. Basically, as you know, snowshoes are a winter classic and they're perfect for exploring rugged terrain in deep snow conditions. I mean, I've, I've used snowshoes a ton. I've got uh, a really great pair of MSR. They're lightweight snowshoes um, and I've, I've loved them. Um, they're maneuverable. Snowshoes are maneuverable in tight situations making them pretty much the best option for exploring sections of like superior hiking trail or, you know, some of the remote areas out here in Yellowstone um, where you have a lot of deep snow and you're probably going to be changing elevations a lot, up, down, up, down. Um, definitely, um, I, don't think, I don't think really do you need snowshoes at all on the Appalachian Trail um, probably need more uh, crampons, if anything, during icy conditions, but not for snowshoes. Um, but they are for exploring sections um, after a heavy snowfall, venturing off trail, like if you're going to go, um, you know, just you know, a little bit off trail and, and go exploring through the woods a little bit. Frozen River. Lots of people take them out uh, for winter camping trips. Um, now, specifically, snowshoes are awesome for late winter like march you still have snow and high elevations because the snow is what it's wet and you're gonna you know you're gonna be what, what i call post holing that is when the snow is uh wet um it's not it's not uh, frozen over anymore it's not really hard it's not compacted down anymore and so if you don't have snowshoes you're just like going up to your knees sometimes your thighs and you're, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit difficult to walk. So you're just kind of post hauling, going up and down with your feet, 
and it's a pain in the butt. Uh, so that's probably when snowshoes are going to be a lot more viable for you because you can kind of walk on top of the snow. You're not post holing. Um, and, uh, it, you know, basically that's a really good time to snowshoe, especially in, in tough terrain. Um, so I guess we would describe the Altai Hawk backcountry ski as a snowshoe that glides. You're not lifting up your feet. It's significantly shorter than a traditional backcountry ski, but longer than a snowshoe. Hawk skis kind of combine the maneuverability of a snowshoe with the efficiency of a ski. So you get that's why they call it the hybrid. Hawk skis work really well in a, a you know, lot of variety of winter conditions and terrain. Uh, they make a great choice for winter camping, adventuring across frozen lakes, and cruising through relatively open spaces. Now, this is the big difference. And this is what you need to know. Um, as you look at these, and if you're a big winter uh, you know, activity person and you love snowshoeing, this is why you should take a look at, at, at the Hawks, I believe, and where the big difference is between um, the Altai uh, Hawks and your typical snowshoe. Um, Hawks perform well in deep snow and over moderate elevation. When I say moderate elevation, I'm talking up a little hill, down a little hill. We're not talking about, you know, 2,000 feet in elevation back 2,000 feet. We're not talking up constant ups and downs. Um, they're integrated. They've got a climbing skin that gives them, it, it really is kind of impressive uh, with the amount of traction you have going up uphill. So you can still go uphill. You can still go downhill. But when you start getting into deeper or steeper ascents and uh, steeper descents, you're probably going to say, the snowshoe is much better. And I would agree with you, the snowshoe is much better. Um, probably not as effective in late winter when the snow starts becoming wet or in temps above freezing. That is where, again, I think that's the biggest difference between a snowshoe and the Altai Hawks. Um, that is the big difference right there. When we went out uh, a couple times, uh, we had no problem. Ariane glided you know, just gliding on top of the snow up until the day we went where temperatures, I think they got into the 40s. And guess what? The hawks did not glide as well anymore. And so snow started sticking to the bottom of the ski. And so you can kind of see that is probably the biggest difference between winter, uh, whether you're going to be day hiking, cross-country skiing, uh, backcountry skiing, uh, you know, whatever whatever that mode of transportation is going to be in the winter for you, um, going out in the backcountry, that would be the biggest difference. That's the breaking point of regular, typical snowshoes in deep snow and uh, the uh, Altai Hawks in deep snow. It's going to be the temperature. You know, what are the conditions outside? Humid? Is the snow wet? Is it powdery fresh? You know, because you're going to have deep snow at, you know, five, you know, five feet, let's say, um, of snow, um, but it's the conditions of the snow. And uh, if anything, we've learned a lot about those because we're in avalanche country out here. So, um, so this is the review. Um, I think Delta Hawk uh, Hawk worked great on fresh snow. Temps way below freezing. 
uh, your basic midwinter, deep snow in the woods, cross-country skiing, backpacking, um, that's in that's where that's it that's the wheelhouse. In some cases, uh, it's much better than traditional snowshoes, even going uphill. You're not burning as many calories, but you're still getting an awesome workout due to having you know you still got to use ski poles um, or or hiking poles with uh, a bottom on it, so you're not you know post holding your your uh, trekking pole. Um, they're super lightweight. You can carry them outside your pack. We found they're very easy to take on and off while adjusting on the go, which is a huge plus. Snowshoes can be a pain in the butt when you're trying to adjust that. Um, but these hawks were really great for adjustment. However, for rough, steep terrain, frozen creek crossings, um, when you're confined in open spaces where you are going to go up and down, and it's late winter, we're talking March, and the, the temps are going to be, um, on average, above freezing during the day, I probably would not bring these. I'd probably bring snowshoes. Um, for day hiking in deep snow, great. Uh, for backpacking in deep snow, late in the season, probably take a closer look at the terrain and go with a lightweight snowshoe. Um, but we love these things. I mean, I think that it's a game changer if you are into winter activities. If you are into, um, you know, possibly winter camping, which really, you know, it seems to be a big trend on YouTube. Uh, you know, winter tent camping, warm tents, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. It seems kind of like a new, a new trend. They certainly have come a long way in winter camping and have come a long way in winter tents winter uh, wood-burning stoves that are super lightweight that you can carry in your backpack. They've definitely come a long way. I think for that, I think the Altai Hawks are a great choice. They're going to set you back probably, um, on average, about 400 bucks, depending on where you buy them. Um, I'm going to put a link uh, to the Canadian store that sells them. They've got a great. They've got some great demonstration videos. Um, so I'll, I'll go. I'll let you take a look at that. Um, I'll put a link on trustthetrailpodcast.com under episode two hundred six, so you can see for yourself. And uh, yeah, check out some of your uh, the demonstration vids, um, videos on there. I, I, I think they're great. Um, love them. I, I think they are conditional though. Um, so you know, again, with backpacking, like always, you're probably going to have. You're probably going to have multi-products for different times of the year. Two sleeping bags, you know, two of everything. It seems like that seems to be a little bit about where the where backpacking is. Usually, you know, two, two of everything. So anyway, um, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Appreciate that. Um, Ariane will be on the next week's show. We'll be live Tuesday on our Facebook group. Uh, whatever topic you want to talk about, but we're going to be there Tuesday uh, for sure. So uh, come on in and join the conversation. If you enjoy the podcast and like to show some love, go to trustthetrailpodcast.com. You can click on the merch link. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, coffee cups, a bunch of different sayings on there. Uh, we really appreciate it. It helps support the show. Shout out to our lovely and amazing Facebook members. We love you guys and our patrons. We could not do it without you. Richard Curry, Angelo Salas, Kim Caverman, Brother Bear, Joe Lang, E.J. Newell, Helene Prophet, Bob Esser, Danny Bowen, Jack Masters, Lisa Pruitt, 
Brad Wolf, Suzanne Johnson, Jessica Wolfen, Jordan Lenkrack, Susan Suzanne Adams, Kevin Frost, Gina Purcell, and of course Dean Dowsett. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for uh, sticking with us for as many years as we've been doing the show. We really appreciate it more than you more than you'll ever know. Patreon is a secure platform that lets you support your favorite content creators, your podcasts, your video content creators. All you need to do is create an account. Go to Trust the Trail Podcast and as little as $2 a month, get special benefits for exclusive content. Remember, podcasts are always available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Well, you know, speaking of iHeartRadio or iHeartMedia, I think on our next show we're going to talk about iHeart and the offer that they made us. And I may put this out on a vote and let you guys decide about this one. Um, but iHeartMedia did make us an offer for the podcast. Um, but if we're not on any of your favorite podcatchers, let us know. I, I will uh, move heaven and earth to get us on the uh, uh, podcast app that you most likely listen to. So really appreciate it. You guys remember um, all the all the Appalachian Trail through hikers. And whether you're on the AT Pacific Crest Trail, uh, it doesn't make any difference. Just remember, you're at, at some moment, you're going to understand you are exactly where you're supposed to be in life. Not just on the trail, in life. So trust the trail. It, it's gotten you this far. It'll provide everything that you need. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs>